Hello and welcome to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. I'm your host, Emma Gibbs-Ung. Each show I'll be using a combination of interviews with incredibly inspiring people from around the world who have achieved greatness, overcome adversity and never given up, as well as solo episodes from me sharing my own journey as a leading mindset trauma coach, helping to inspire, support and guide you to create a growth mindset so you can achieve success in all areas of your life. So are you ready to bring mindset to life and feel inspired? Let's go. Hello and welcome back to the Life Beyond Limits podcast. This week I'm joined by Disha, who runs a very successful social media business, helping small businesses scale to six and seven figures using organic social media strategies. But for years, fear had stopped her from going all in on her business, so she dabbled on the side while working for others and traveling around the world. It wasn't until her side hustle business started making more money for her than her full-time job that she felt confident enough to take the plunge and to go all in. Her business has now gone from strength to strength, and as a result, her confidence has grown massively too. Today, Disha is going to share the impacts uh, self-doubt had on her and how she managed to finally trust in herself, her abilities, and her success. So welcome, Deesha. It's lovely to have you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. I'm excited about this one because um, I can totally relate to your story on so many different levels. The, the traveling one, for, for one. Um, but this, this underlying fear of, of really fully committing and going all in on a business um, and flitting between the dabbling and the oh let's go in oh no maybe I'm not um and so I'm really intrigued to just hear how you navigated through that um because I think not just me I think you know there's a lot of people um that are dabbling in life as well as in business and perhaps are teetering on the edge of um wanting to go all in and it could be in relationships it could be in anything um, but there's just that underlying fear that is stopping them from doing that. So I would love to just kick start with just finding out a bit more about what was going on with you when you were going through this stage in your life and um, what patterns were showing up for you, what fears, um, and just talk me through kind of how you managed that to start off with. Yeah, for me uh, on this particular part of my journey, when I when I launched Social Treats, it was all around fear from the past. I had, I'd launched businesses previously when I was at uni. I've always been an entrepreneur. Like I had a business when I was a kid doing all odd jobs in the village around <laughs> doing everything. I did newspaper rounds, picking up leaves, everything, walking dogs. Um, and they never took off. Like I imported jewelry when I was at uni and started a business then and nothing really stuck. So when I launched social treats, I had this fear of, well, it's never going to work. And I remember my mom had said it to me as well, are you going to start another business? You know how expensive these are and they never work out. And I was like, yes, yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a big thing for me. I also didn't feel like I was good enough. This was something that I had taught myself was social media management and marketing. And I had, when I left England in 2012, to create the life that I wanted. Um, I didn't have any anticipation of being a social media manager or a social media coach at all. Um, I just knew I wanted a different life. And it was through that, that first experience I actually went teaching that I realized that wasn't going to be the life for me. So I had, I taught myself marketing so I was like right if I can if I can master marketing that is something I can do from anywhere and create the life that I knew that I wanted um but it was very much self-taught I taught myself to build websites I launched a, a platform I launched a following and then when I went to Australia which is the next stop on my on my tour um mm. I managed to get a job in marketing and somebody hired me to do it and I was like oh I'm just taught, taught myself this in the back of Thailand, like on a, on a little thing. So I still had that very much, oh, I'm not good enough yet. I'm not good enough. Um, mm -hmm. And eventually when I went and launched my business in 2016, again, I'd, I'd been working in marketing for a while then in Australia. Um, I'd been in working in and out of marketing for three and a half years then in Australia. Um, and I launched my business, moved to Asia 
and then panicked. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. This is a disaster because there's so much to do when you're in corporate, right? When you're in corporate yeah. doing social media management, it's kind of, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say easy, but there's a lot less to think about than running a business when you have to do finances and HR and management and admin and everything else that you have to do as a business owner that I just didn't factor in. I just thought I'd post some pictures on social media and it'd be fine. That's exactly what I did in corporate. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, this is a lot harder than I had anticipated. And I panicked and moved back to England and uh, got another job in corporate marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they actually moved me to the social media department. So I was an account manager for a marketing agency. And they went, you're really good at the social media stuff. And I was like, yeah. Well, yeah, because I've got a side hustle that I hadn't really announced to them <laughs> that was making good money at the time when I was working on the side. And they were like, you're really good at social media stuff. We're going to move you to the social media department. I was like, oh. and it was literally after that conversation, it took me three months to quit that job because I was like, right, well, that's the validation I needed. Um, somebody wanted to pay me in a corporate role to do the same thing I was doing on the side. So I was yeah. like, okay, yeah. that's enough of that. Thank you very much. I'm out. And I concentrated on building my business. Um, but even then, when I had committed at that point to building my business, I still wasn't a hundred percent sure. And I actually found a job that was remote. So it allowed me to have more time at home. Um, so I could have more time to build my business. And again, I was working in marketing, but it was for a recruitment agency, which is what I'd done in Sydney anyway. And, but it was remote. So it was easy for me to be able to build the business on the side and again, build my confidence up. And that's when the business side of the income started taking over from my full-time job. And I was like, okay, I'd hired a VA before I quit my job. Um, I had got all of those building blocks, if you like, in place to scale. I just hadn't pushed the button on my on my actual full-time job. Yeah. Um, and I And I got pushed into that as well. That wasn't even voluntarily at that point either. Um, my boss at the time was um, very into his drugs and alcohol and got quite abusive. And of course, this was a remote role. So um, he one night sent me a whole bunch of abusive emails. um, And in the morning, I woke up to those. And I just went, I've had enough. I don't have to deal with this. I'm just going to go full time my business. Um, The universe was pushing you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And now I look at the time when you're in it, um, I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Now I look mm. back, I was like, thank you, universe, for giving me the push that I needed because I wouldn't have done yeah. it if yeah, that, yeah, yeah. all of that hadn't happened. So what was the biggest thing that you were fearing would happen if you went all in? Because, I mean, was it linked with the fact that you were self-taught or was it linked with um, not being good enough? Like, what was the dominant voice in your head that was coming through? And did it, it change? It's a combination of having to support myself. So Mm. being a single person, I just bought a house, I had mortgage. And I was like, there is literally nobody that is going to pay my bills if I can't pay my bills. Mm. So I was like, I have to be able to support myself. And of course, being in the online space, I'd seen so many people struggling. And I was like, this this can't be me. I, I can't not afford to pay my bills. I can't not afford to pay the mortgage and have a ha- roof over my head. There's no one else to back me up. Mm. Um, so that was a big driver for me to make sure that one, my income was where it needed to be before I quit. Um, and that was the other thing as a, as a, for a mortgage um, and to be yeah. reapproved for the mortgage, I needed to make a certain amount of money in my business because again, there was no other income to, to stack against that. Um, and if I got rejected for a mortgage when I've already got a house that would have been a disaster so that was a big driver for me to be like okay this has to be successful and when I when I finally hit that button I even had a backup plan um which is really funny because I survive very much on throwing myself into the deep end so Mm. when I hit that button I said right okay what's the worst that could happen and if I if all my clients left me I would get a job and I had a figure in my head that I said, right, if, okay, if, I, if it gets to that point, then I need to start looking at a job and getting a job and I'll just get a bar job or get anything. They'll be fine. Um, so I had that plan and I hit the enter button and sent off my resignation letter. 
And then I booked a one-way ferry ticket to Spain because I couldn't get a job there. So I had to make the business work. So I took my dog and we road trip to the south of Spain where um, my dad has a place. So I knew I could stay rent-free. I rented out my apartment on my Airbnb and mm-hmm. my dog and I spent a few months down in Spain um, because I thought, right, now I can't get a job. Now I just have to make this business work. And I was on my own in Spain and there was nothing else to do. Didn't know anybody, don't speak Spanish. So I was like, right, this is it. Two months, I got to figure out how to make this business work. And I came back and I doubled my income in my business. So it worked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, you know, not obviously to the extreme of like going straight over to Spain and stuff, (laughs) but you sometimes have to take yourself out of the equation of the everyday chaos and distractions. Because ultimately, I think they were all distractions, weren't they? But you were also, would I be right in thinking that you were also looking for that validation and proof first before you then leapt. And so yeah. when you got moved into the social media remote part, um, and even though your boss wasn't particularly pleasant, you were told that you're really good at it. And yeah. so was that what you were searching for? Yeah, I think I was just as searching to know that I was enough. And mm. that's been something for me the entire time. Like, I, you're enough, you're fine. You mm. know enough, you can teach, you can consult, you're, you're good enough, you know what you're doing. And mm. that's always been a thing that has struggled for me. And being able to say, okay, well, somebody wants to hire me, even though I had like five clients who were paying me money, <laughs> there was just yeah. somebody else who were like, yep, you're good. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, good. Yeah. I am good. Um, so yeah, it was just that validation, I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think there's nothing wrong with that external validation. And I think so many of us search for that because we like to know that that we are good at at what we do um, and to give us that confidence boost. But what did you do to build the inner confidence that can only come from you? Um, Because, you know, again, a lot of people wait for that inner confidence to come first before they then take action. Um, but the reality is real inner confidence comes from taking action and getting and getting better and better and more competent at it. And as more competent you are, obviously, the more confident you become. So how did you manage to, you know, you, you've got external validation that's starting to come through. Um, was that penetrating into the internal side of you to think, yeah, I can now start to believe in myself um, and therefore maybe I could do this? Or we, or did you have to really kind of work on the inner part as well as getting the external? For me, one thing was um, client testimonials and listening yeah. to people and them getting results. And like, okay, these are people that want to work with me and they're getting the results that I have told them they would get when they work with me. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really powerful and saying, okay, people are getting results from what I'm telling them. This is working for them. I am good enough. This is this is going to be fine. This is going to be awesome. Mm. And mm. one of the things that I um, actually did with a, with a recent client was she she was coming to me with the same issues. I don't know if I'm good enough or this is a disaster. And I was like, heard this story before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, right, print out and write down everything that has been ever said to you that is a compliment, something that your clients have said to you that is really nice, something that um, people have feedback you've got print it out or write it down and stick it all over your office space put it everywhere so that you are constantly reminded of what other people think of you and the mm-hmm. good stuff and mm-hmm. she was like she, she the next day she's like I've done it I've printed everything out and then a week later she's like this is amazing I just keep seeing all of these notes and they make me so happy and I was like mm-hmm. there you go and a confidence yeah. boost she is now doing fantastic in her business as well as a result so that was something that really, really helped me is just listening to people when mm. they're telling you you're good and, and listening to that side of things. But do you know what? That, that takes confidence as well. I mean, I love what you shared with um, your friend. Um, and I often say to my clients about creating brag files of evidence of proof to dispel your, your beliefs, but also yeah. to really celebrate your success. And, and it is amazing. And then, like you say, having it on your visual every single day allows you to focus on the, the out, outcomes that you want. But, um, you know, it's then 
for me, like when I first started and I was getting a lot of um, testimonials coming through, I wasn't, I was reading the, the testimonials, but I wasn't associating them with me mm-hmm. and that that was the work that I'd done. Um, and so I would just like read it and think, oh yeah, you know, that's good. And then go back to my, oh, I'm not good enough. And, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and it was really hard to then go, they're writing that because of me. Like everything that we've done has helped them get the results that they were after. That means that I'm really good at my, like at what I do. But I really struggled to to create that association. Was it quite easy for you? Because you said, you know, obviously you listened. Did you experience something similar, or or did you have I don't know a tip or trick to that allowed you to absorb it in a way that perhaps I wasn't initially to start off with? I don't think there's a tip or trick. One thing I would say that has helped me is celebrating everything. Yeah. yeah. So whether that's my client wins whether that's my personal wins and having and when I say celebrate I don't just mean go yay and pat yourself on the back I mean like actually do something awesome like when I Mm. first hit my first uh, five-figure month for example I had a bottle of champagne Verve Clico in the fridge ready to go for that entire month so I was like this is happening this month and I had Mm. it in the fridge on ice ready to go and as soon as that money dropped in my bank I was like, yes, I'm opening the Pop champagne. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I what? actually made it into a candle, the bottle oh, wow. that now sits on my desk. So oh, wow. I turned the, the champagne glass into a candle. So now that is a reminder on my desk every day. Do you know what? I absolutely love that. I think visual reminders are amazing, but I, I, I totally, totally, totally agree with what you've just said about the celebrations because Again, we are so good at clinging to all the stuff that we've done wrong and overanalyzing it and overthinking it and replaying it and just driving ourselves insane with it. But then when we do something good, we go, all right, yeah, next. And we have this tendency to just like brush over it because we don't want to be arrogant. We don't want to be cocky. We don't want like, and and it's just crazy. Um, And, you know, to celebrate stuff, gives you the opportunity to feel successful and yes. feelings trigger everything that you know they trigger your your thoughts your actions your results and if you're almost going well yeah well that was great now on to the next thing you're kind of putting a message out that you're not really that fussed about celebrating the success but when you stop and you absorb it and you connect to it and you feel it my god the impact that that has on your confidence on yeah. your motivation on your focus on well pretty much bloody everything really to be fair um yeah and like you said not just yours your client's success and not just massive ones like you know that was a milestone um a month for you and the start of of growth but it's even like you know acknowledging and celebrating you sending an email that you've put off for the last three weeks or going on and doing a a live that you have been putting off or asking someone out on a date or applying for that, you know, that promotion or booking a holiday, even though you're scared of flying, you know, whatever it may be, it's like celebrating it. Yes. Because yeah, it just opens you up, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. One of my clients, um, she recently had a launch And I said to her, right, what are you going to celebrate when this launch is a success? And by success, I mean that it's done. Like I'm not even connected. You're not even connecting to how many clients come off the back of it and the money. I just want you to celebrate that it's over. How are you going to celebrate it? And she jokingly said to me, I'm going to get cake with my face on it. And I was like, (laughs) okay, that sounds amazing. I want to see this cake with your face on it. And she sent me a, bit, a picture a week later and she was like, I've ordered the cake with my face on it. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I got a picture when she got she, when she picked up the cake the day after a launch with her face on it, on, right on the front of the cake. She was like, I did it, even though I you know, said it jokingly to start with. She was yeah. like, You empowered me to actually go and do it. So I've done yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Totally. And you know, the thing is. I know this is a podcast, you can't necessarily see us, but me and you've got beaming smiles on our faces right now because we're thinking about it and talking about it. And that in itself really helps with confidence and for you to feel good. And, you know, when you're struggling with not feeling good enough or 
doubting yourself or, you know, dabbling and then going all in and then dipping your toe in and then pulling it out again. You could, invariably, your energy is low because you feel in some way you're letting yourself down and you're not doing what you're meant to be doing and you, you feel guilty and you feel frustrated and you feel all of these emotions. But then when you speak about this whole celebration part, it lifts you. And, you know, I'm very much that your life is a reflection of what's going on internally um, and we get back what we put out. And if we are feeling like jovial and happy and in that energy of celebration and success, we will attract so much more of that. And when we're in that, oh, God, I can't do this and it feels really hard and I'm never going to be as good as so and so. We just attract more examples of that. And the energy is just so, so different. Yeah, that's, um, that's something that um, a vision board has always has also yeah. helped me massively. And it's it's funny that yesterday I actually went and test drove the car that's on my vision board. Oh, wicked. Yeah, because I wanted to get into the energy yeah. and to feel it. And I have a Tesla on my vision board. Turns out, don't like them. Huh? Uh, so, <laughs> so I was like, huh, okay cool yeah now I've got to find a new dream card to put on my vision board but that's been on my vision board for so long wow, and when yeah. I went and drove it I was like yeah it's a nice car but I was like eh. the, the boot isn't good for my dog like the, yeah. the panels are weird like you have to look in the middle there's no thing in the front and the wood effect it was just a bit strange and it wasn't what I had thought it was going to be when I was mm. looking at my vision board and how I thought I was going to feel when I was driving in my very own Tesla and I was like oh okay well, I'll change that then. That's that. Yeah. And I, I, I posted about this in my group this morning, actually, in my Facebook group, um, around how realistic are our goals and whether this is something that you actually want or you are perceived to want because of the shoulds around you and the world around you that you think you should want. Because some a lot of people that I see around goals and stuff, they say, I'm going to live in a, on a beach in a beautiful place and all my family are going to live there. I'm like, have you asked your family if they want to live there? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> they probably don't. So yeah. why don't you just set a goal for yourself rather than implementing what your lifestyle you And invite perceive. them on a holiday. Yeah, and invite them on holiday to come with you. Yeah. Because I think so often we put these things on our vision board and they are realistically in your life not what you want. Or not yeah. what the other people you're imposing them on want either. So yeah, I think yeah. that's a big thing as well. It's massive. And actually, um, I'm, I'm a lover of um, vision boards. And uh, I used to do business ones. And then we used to do family one. And I remember doing this a lot before I had my son, because it took us a long, long time to, to get him. Um, and so there was always a positive pregnancy test and a, uh, an image of a pregnant belly with a man kissing the tummy and stuff. And I remember we put checks on there as well. Um, and my husband works in sales and um, he put his dream car, but he also put checks that he wanted to come in every quarter. And literally one year to the penny, it, it all came in. Um, and we would have it above our, um, in our kitchen, above our chopping board. So every time we were preparing dinner, you would just look at different things. And again, your mind goes where you focus your attention. And so it was incredible. Um, so I'm a huge uh, advocate of that. What you touched on again with about um, either unrealistic goals or whether, but also out of date goals. Mm -hmm. And again, I think we are all a little bit guilty sometimes of still chasing a goal that we've not quite met yet without checking in whether we actually still want it. Now, like you with test driving the car, um, myself and my husband, as I said, we've got one son, but we were trying for a, a good number of years to um, have a second child. And I'm my sister is my best friend. She's my everything. There's two years apart between us. And with um, my husband and his sisters, there's three years apart. Um, between him and his eldest and 18 months with his middle. And so we always wanted to have a sibling for our son around that sort of time gap. Um, and obviously as the years were going on and the months were passing and nothing was happening, that time frame was getting bigger and bigger. And I remember dropping him off to nursery and I was thinking, I'm still trying to fall pregnant, but the dream that we were trying to achieve has gone because He's four now. And if I fall pregnant, he's going to be five by the time 
baby's born. And so does that even fit into the life that we're wanting? Because whenever we spoke about family, it was like, you know, not that I'm saying big, a, big A's gaps are wrong or right. There is no wrong or right. But for us, it was like, you know, we want him to have someone who's his friend, who he's got a lot of common with, et cetera, et cetera. And then, it, and then we went another year and then it was like, well, he's five now. And if we do that, he's then going to be six. And suddenly it's almost like two, having two single kids. Yeah. Um, and, and I said to my husband, I'm not sure that I want to carry on trying anymore because we just got into the cycle. Oh, we're not unsuccessful. Try again. Unsuccessful. Try again. I said, because when we look at our life and what we've got and what our son brings to us anyway, what are we actually doing? Because the dream that we're trying to achieve had left us a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's not the dream, you know, even if we fell pregnant, it's not the dream that we're thinking it's going to be because that's just not going to happen anymore. Um, and it was a bit of a like, wow, I've not actually checked in on this goal because I was so caught in the fact, well, I've not achieved it yet. So I've got to keep going till I've achieved it without realizing that it was out of date and actually we had all three of us moved on from that really yeah um yeah and yeah, I, I think that's such crazy. an important point isn't it to mm. check in with those goals the other thing I saw um Mel Robbins the book she had she came out a while ago now she's got she's got a new one she got in the post yeah. yesterday actually oh me too me too <laughs> um, I love it but the, it was the the five second rule and second one thing rule. she said in her mm. in her book was when you were looking at a goal, I prepared to do the things that you need to do to reach that goal. And one thing that was always on my vision board was abs. I exercised. I was like, I really want abs. And she said, in, and it was abs that she took as the example, actually, as well. And she said, right, abs are made in the kitchen. Think about if you had that those abs, would you, and then look back at your life, would you want to do all the things you'd need to do to get there? And mm. I was like no, I don't want to give up cake. So yes. I thought, okay, scrap that goal. Scrap that one. <laughs> because yeah. I'm never realistically going to want to give up cake or chocolate. I love my food. So yeah. I thought, all right, scrap that goal. No abs. I'll just look for a toned, healthy body. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be fine yeah. with that. That's a jewel for me. Exactly. And it is about, you know, adapting um, to, to the present and that's why it's so important to check in with yourself so regularly and say, you know, is this still what I want? Yeah. Am I prepared to actually put my life and soul into this? Um, and is it going to give me the outcomes that I want? And again, I think, you know, these are questions people avoid um, and say, oh, I haven't got time for that. Or I'll do that at the end of the year when I'm reassessing everything. And then I'll set my new goals at the beginning of the year and then wait 12 months till I reassess them again. And um, you know, I know it's extremes. There are lots of people that also, you know, check in on their goals. But the reality is, is it is really important to do that um, for sure. And then, um, you know, making sure that you're actually working when, you know, time is precious. But if you're using your time to achieve something you actually don't want to achieve anymore, then it's an absolute waste of time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we di I've, I've digressed slightly with you <laughs> because I do want to pull it back a little bit to... Um, your your business and when you went all in and obviously I know that you said all of the celebrations the testimonials all of that started to really filter in to build your confidence um how did you because for me I find the first step is always the hardest um as I think we all know but then the following months when your resistance is at its highest because you're going against the grain um how did you manage to navigate through that treacle because that's the little sticky point to get into your flow where your business has gone strength to strength my thing is always having a coach mm -hmm. somebody or or a team of people around you um so now i have a good team of of staff and contractors that work with me but also having people that know what you're going through. So I have a good mm. group of friends that are on the online space and some of them I've never met in real life. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you speak to them every day because they get it. They get what you're going mm. through. They understand the struggles. And people in my physical world 
don't get half the stuff I'm going through. Um, but having that person to just keep you pushing or keep you going someplace and keep you moving forwards. What's next? When mm. you're launching next? What's what's happening now for you? What are your targets this this month? What are your aims for the for the quarter? That mm. is really powerful to have somebody there just keep going. Yep. Are you still going? Mm. Are you still going? You're still mm. okay. And that has been absolutely paramount to my my success. Um, my mm. first coach. And I think at the time I didn't realize the implication of my first coach because she helped me set up all of the groundwork. So mm. everything that I did in my business, she helped me set up all the groundwork. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Thanks. Um, I worked with her for three months and I was like, okay, cool. But now I look back and I'm like, everything that I set up with her is still in place. Everything that I still use today, I set up with her. Um, mm. But at the time, because I was in it, I was like, yeah, all right, fine. That was mm. cool. Thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but now I'm like, oh my God, that was so powerful to have everything yeah. set up and have those foundation blocks built so that from there on. And that's one thing that I'm powerful about, passionate about with my clients is like setting up your business on solid foundations. So rather than cutting the corners and not using the software that you should do or not setting up your business as you should do and paying your taxes and, you know, having mm. all of that bank accounts and all of the boring stuff set up for the, for the foundation of your business means you're mm. not, you're not going in full force because you are ex expecting it to fail if you're not going to pay your taxes because somebody's going to come after you eventually if you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And like cutting shortcuts with not paying for the software and trying to find a free version that kind of paper mache together and it sort of works. Um, those sorts of things, if you don't invest with them to the start, you're just going to end up falling over when you do start getting big and you're not really believing in yourself enough. Mm, so I think mm. having a coach and investing in the software or the tech or whatever it is that you need that the next version of you would need yes. rather than yes. where you are now has been huge. And that's something that I reflect on quite often is what would I do if I was already the next version of myself? So yeah. that's why I went to test drive the car yesterday. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going into a limited company at the moment because the next version of myself is going to be earning six, seven figures next year. So I'm mm. like, right, okay, this, I need to change the company structure. I'm going to get myself a company car and mm. this, because that's the next version of me. Yeah. And I'm already making those changes now so that I'm ready. I love that. I absolutely love that. And this is what I teach with all my clients too. It's because it's we are so focused often on the doing that we forget on who we need to be. And it's like you say, it's stepping into that next level, next level version of yourself first. Because again, you know, you see people step into that next level but mentally, they're still on the other level. And so they sabotage, Yeah. Um, whether it's in promotion or with business or whatever. And you have to almost re-educate your mind to get there first, because the doing part, we're all pretty wired at. We know how to do things, but it's our mental game that will then go, ah, no, or yes, keep going. Um, so I absolutely love what you're saying here. It's, you know, it's amazing. What I would love to know, though, with you, is do you ever stumble across any resistance when you're up-leveling mentally into being your next version of yourself? Um, and how do you navigate through that? Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, I feel a fraud if I do that, or um, I can't wholeheartedly believe in myself being the six, seven-figure late like business owner yet because my bank balance doesn't represent that. Um, how do you navigate through that part? Yeah, it's... I actually had came across this recently because I was um, reading a book by um, Amanda Francis. And okay. she, if you haven't heard, heard of her, she is a um, money manifestation coach. Oh. And so I was reading a book and it, throughout the book has a lot of journaling prompts and things like that to go through. Um, so I was actively going through the book. And when I say active, I stop and do all the journaling problems rather than just read mm, the book. I know mm. some people will read the book and oh, I'll go back. I never go back. So mm. <laughs> I do it all the way through. Um, and I was doing that and this came up and I was, one of the things was 
a Tesla. And I was like, oh, I can't have that because it's really expensive. And, you know, I don't really need one because they're just mm. fun cars, aren't they? And I just think, oh, I don't really need it. Um, but it was going through those journaling prompts and that active writing down what you want. I was like, well, why not? Why yeah. not? And I, um, I met somebody recently and uh, he said to me, I've just bought a house with a, with a pool. Um, not that I need one. I just want one. Um, mm. And I was like, yes, that's, that's yeah. the universe reminding me. You can have whatever you want. Oh, you want. Just because you want it is, is reason enough. And I was yeah. like, yes. So that was journaling prompts massively help with that mindset and shift of knowing. Um, and, mm-hmm. this, and the thing is not listening to the people around you is often one of the things that's going to help you get through. Um, because I took my dad for a te- for, with a Tesla drive yesterday. He's like, it's a very expensive car. And I was mm. like, oh, well, I'll just make more money and it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, well, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll just make more money next year and I'll pay for it. It's yeah. fine. Not an issue. Yeah. Um, that's, that's like a non-star. If I want it, I can have it. Um, yeah, yeah. I love that. And, but that's the thing about not taking that sort of stuff to heart. And that has taken time. Yeah. To be like, I'll just buy it. It's fine. Um, yeah. I'll get the money. And yeah. If I'd have let that get to me and then I'd be like, oh, well, maybe I'll just buy a cheaper car and I'll just, it's fine. It will work. It'll be the same. Mm. Um, whereas I'm like, no, I want it. So I can- yeah. And it's so easy to listen, especially if it's loved ones who are close to you and, you know, they want to protect you and all of that. And you think, oh, well, they know me best and et cetera, et cetera. And this is something for me in the last, I would say probably in the last four months, my coach said to me, um, would you, um, would you take advice on how to swim from someone who couldn't swim? No. So why are you listening to your family who don't run a business? Um, give you advice on how to run your business. Yeah. And it's not to say that they don't love me and they don't support me. Of course they do, but they don't understand my business. Like me and you are sitting there chatting and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Everything that you're saying, like, oh my God, same here, same here. But they're not in our world. And so they're not going to understand. And I think it's a really good reminder because often we ask, people because you know you want their opinion and you value their opinion because they're your friends and you want them involved in your life but the reality is they can't give you the same opinion as a coach or someone who's in the industry who understands what you're talking about um so I do think that that's really really important and then also going back to um to Mel Robbins I I just started her um um, high five habit book last night she's amazing but anyway she was then talking about And it is just so true, you know, this whole power of being your own cheerleader and hearing you say, you know, well, I'll just make more money and I can do it. And your friends who've got the swimming pool, I just wanted it. So I had it. Um, And if your friend said to you, you know, I really want a Tesla, you'll be like, go for it. Oh, my God, they're amazing. And you'd really encourage them. And, you know, she was saying like how the way that we speak to everybody and they, they come to you and you go, oh, my God, that's just brilliant. Or, you know, I can really see you doing that. And you never have those conversations with yourself going like, yeah, Em, definitely. That's amazing. I definitely see you do that. And it's like, well, why not? Why would I not? When I big up so many other people, do I not big up myself? Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with doing it. And actually just reading her say that, I my energy was getting higher and higher and higher. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. And I am going to high five myself in the mirror. And I do think I'm more sermon. Yeah. It just, again, it's that whole vibration, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I tell my clients all the time that as an entrepreneur, especially if you're getting visible and sharing content and being a person of influence, nobody is going to blow your own trumpet. Like nobody's going to blow the trumpet for you. You have Mm. to do it for yourself Mm. because one, your clients aren't going to know that you're awesome if you don't tell them you're awesome because nobody else is going to do it. And two, you have to be the person standing up because you don't have a boss going, yay, well done, gold sticker. You have to do it for yourself because otherwise you're just constantly facing that battle. And Mm. that's when people don't get clients or they come back to me and they're like, nothing's working and I don't know why. I'm like, you haven't told anybody you do anything awesome yet. You're just going, yeah, bye for me because I said so. Um, yeah. <laughs> nobody's sharing how awesome they are and the results they're getting for their clients and what they're doing because they need to blow their own trumpet and they mm. need to be the one that's shouting for themselves and creating that content that's going to share that as well not just mm. for their own mindset and everything else but that's going to help blow up your business too 
Yeah, yeah. And it's reframing it that it's not about us, isn't it, as well? Yeah. It's like, this isn't about me blowing my own trumpet. This is about showing you what you can have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I think, you know, that that's a, was a really powerful shift for me because I've been in sales for like, um, before I was running my business, I was in sales for 13 years and I loved selling and, and I'm brilliant at sales because it was a product that wasn't directly linked to me move me into this and it's like shit I'm selling myself was how I was originally thinking about it and I'm like no I I've got to take myself out of the equation I'm selling a service that's going to transform lives my face just happens to be attached to it but the reality is I'm I'm selling a service yeah Um, and I had to detach from that and so when people were saying no it wasn't a personal no to me. It was a personal no to them because they weren't ready to, to do what they needed to do. And that's massive because we do take rejection personally, mm-hmm. um, whoever you are. And you're like, because we want to be loved and we want to be accepted and all of that. But it's, I think, you know, it's learning how to manage it. And that's not to say there's not some days where I think, God, they've just said no to me. And I'm like, no, they're saying no to themselves. Um, but you know, you have to remind yourself, don't you? Yeah. Um, I, I tell my clients about numbers. So like I, I would say have multiple conversations, the more conversations you have, the more no's you're going to get, the more used to that you're going to get, but mm. the more yeses you'll get. And the yeah. less you will hold on to that one person, if you have one conversation a day, you're going to hold on to that person so tight because you're like, this person has to say yes, because this is the only person I've spoken to in like a week about my offer. And then they're going, oh God, no, you sound desperate and they don't want to do it. And oh my goodness. Mm. Whereas if you had 20 conversations that day, mm. then whether that one person signs up with you or not, you're like, that's ah, fine. And then they come yeah. back and go, yeah, I'm in. You're like, great, winning. Okay, yeah. awesome. Wait, We've what? had 19 what? other no's that day. Yeah. But that just becomes normal then. You're like, okay, next day, 20 new conversations. So I always put it down to yeah. numbers. Have lots and lots and lots yeah. of conversations. You'll get used to the no. And at first it will hurt. <laughs> You'll be like, damn it. Um, but yeah. the more no's you get, the closer you get to yeses. Well, exactly. I mean, there's that, there's that picture um, of the people in a mine. And like, they're literally right at the next opening. Yeah. And they're about, I don't know, half a foot from it. And they give up and go, this isn't working and, and go back. And if they could only see that if they just whacked it one or two more times, they would have got that entrance. And, you know, so many people, people give up just as they're on the cusp. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we're not fortune tellers and we can't see what's in front of us. But what I always say um, in that moment and you know you might be the same one might be different is if your gut's still telling you to hang on in there hang on in there because there's been I tell you in the years that I've done it so many times it would have been really easy to give up on my business yeah um and to just go do you know what I just can't do it and there's even been days where I've sat in the notion of I am going to give up and every single time I have my intuition has told me just to keep going and even if it is just tiny and again this is you know if anyone is not necessarily looking to well well to give up or to move in that direction and you're just like oh I just don't know and there's something in you that's just telling you to keep going that is all you need yeah because that that small thing will grow um the more confident you are and whatever but if you're sitting in something and, and you're deciding right time to give up or time to keep going and you're really aware of yourself when you tapped into your body you're going to be able to know wholeheartedly which one you're going to do based on your gut reaction um and I just think you know that's so powerful is building that awareness and getting to know yourself isn't it and just trusting that it could be 21 calls tomorrow that give you a yes but then on you know Friday it might be three yeah Uh, you just don't know um, and to and to mark again and to mark the yeses and celebrate them rather than well I only got one yes out of twenty calls yeah but that one yes is all you need yeah I have pe- I have some of my clients come to me there well I didn't sign three people I'm like but you signed two didn't you mm. like, well yeah I'm like boop, boop, celebrate that then <laughs> like you yeah still, you still signed people that's the that's yeah, yeah. the key thing here or, or they'll come to me and like oh, i need 10 people i'm like what last week you needed five yeah well i got those mm. but 
So have you taken the time to celebrate that? Or yeah. we're just moving on to the next goal now? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah. hit your target you you got the five people why now do you suddenly need 10 mm-hmm. like I'm all for goals but can we take a moment and be like celebrate the five that you did get because that's awesome yeah. you set a target yeah. you smashed it totally totally and you know this is all like such simple things as well isn't it and and again we try to overcomplicate everything and we try and, you know, make it all big and fancy and this, that and the other. But the reality is like just hearing you speak throughout your whole journey is about checking in with your goals, having those honest conversations, listening to what people are saying, celebrating success. You know, none of these things cost money, nope. you know, to listen, to see, to absorb and to feel they're amazing things that we just brush over and they don't cost us a penny yeah but can make us thousands yeah you know absolutely and I think one of the important things is knowing your numbers and knowing what you need to achieve so mm. for me for example when I I take a step back from my business and I look at okay how many people do I need to sign up and what does that look like in terms of time and how much time do I want to spend on my business? Because that's something mm. a lot of people don't take into consideration either. They're like, oh, I want a six-figure business, but I'm only charging like 90 pounds for a for a full day session with me or something. I think, how's that gonna work? You're gonna run out of time. Yeah. Um, so taking that into consideration as well, and then working on those numbers and then going, okay, right, I only need seven people or I only need 10 people, and then I get to work. 20 hours a week or whatever it is mm, mm, and mm. working on that basis and just knowing those numbers and being like okay because I think often we uh, we look around and we're like oh well they've got this much and then when you hit those targets you're like well I should want more because so-and-so has got more and she's doing this and then mm. you think oh, I need to change it and go over there and do that because then and when you look at back at what you've done you're like well actually you were successful anyways I was yeah yeah I hit the goals that I said I was going to hit and I'm making the money I was going to make and but then comparisonitis just gets the better of you and you're like oh well, maybe I should do that instead and it's you have to yeah. go back to your, your why and your reason for doing business 100% you touched on two like two amazing things there comparisonitis have you read that book no that's a great book that's a good book um is it by Melissa Ambrosi or something like that brilliant book um but yeah it's that whole comparison part and 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 then coming out of your own lane and going into what you feel that you should be doing. This is what led me to this podcast right now is because I was like, I had the the summer break off with my son. For me, that's a non-negotiable, that's success. That means I get to spend precious time that I don't get back with my son and still run a business. Um, But in that time, I did then reflect and I was like, I'm conforming, I'm comparing, I don't like where I'm going, I've lost my voice, I'm not a conformist normally. Um, and everything just felt hard and icky. And it was then I was like, well, why am I doing my business? Like you said, you know, second point, know your why. Why am I doing this? Um, and, you know, when I came up with all the reasons why I was doing it, it was not in alignment with where I, my business was going. And it was like, you know, my past has always led me and driven my business. Um, I've always believed that everything happens for a reason. And I've always wanted to be a voice of inspiration and to also let people know they're not alone and that they're not misunderstood. And yet where my business was heading, although there were elements of that for sure, it wasn't authentically 100% happening. And I was like, no, no, no. And I was speaking to family and uh, and, um, I was like, yeah, you know, I've always wanted to do this, this and this. And I'm sat there thinking, why aren't you then? Why are you doing that if you really want to do this? And that's where I was then like, do you know what? I'm going to relaunch the podcast and I'm going to really focus it on self-doubt because let's be honest, the last 18 months have been challenging for everyone and it's just reached a whole nother level. Um, you know, it's something that we all suffer with um, mm-hmm. and, you know, that I'm very passionate about. Um, and, you know, the response was amazing. And that's all, you know, things then become easier when you're in alignment. And again, that's awareness. If things are hard, is there a message that you're not seeing? Yeah. And if and because it will keep slapping you on the face until like, you know, you should have like the universe is like, no, 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 you keep <laughs> you keep wanting to go in and now you're dabbling and coming back out again. I'm gonna throw an asshole of a boss at you, and that's gonna make you go, right, 
sod it, I'm finally ready. Yeah. But we get those little tests, don't we, to push yeah. you into the direction. Yeah, absolutely. And I now I'm grateful for him. I'm like, yep, yeah, thank you. Thank you. And he's being an asshole. Yeah. And he actually reached yeah. out fairly recently and he's clean now. And he was like, oh, I just want to say thank you for everything you did for my business. And I shouldn't have done what I did. And I'm sorry. And yeah. I was like, okay. He's like, do you want to have a chat about coming back? I'm like, nope. Nope. Good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, everything happens for a reason. Exactly. And we might not like it at the time, but it, somewhere in there is is a nugget that we need to. Yes, to use absolutely. yeah that makes us who we are it's been amazing chatting to you um there's literally been so many awesome nuggets um that have filtered throughout this are there any lasting tips that you just want to share with people or you know one defining thing that really helped you or you know whatever that you want to just kind of finish the conversation with I think just go for it Whatever mm-hmm. it is that's holding you back, I have a philosophy of sure, why not? Just just somebody asked me a question, I go sure, why not? That's and that's how mm-hmm. I end up traveling for five years. I was, mm-hmm. I end up in Australia because somebody said to me, "Do you want to come to Australia with me?" I'm like, sure, okay, why not? Yeah, it seems like a fun thing to do. Um, so pretty much how I've lived my life, just saying yes to opportunities and mm-hmm. things have come up. I'm now a Facebook lead trainer because I said yes, and I ended up in Dublin mm-hmm. once, paid by Facebook three-day conference because and people go how did you do that how have you become so pally with Facebook I'm like no idea I said yes to a few things once yeah <laughs> didn't ask any questions just went sure okay yeah yeah I mean to Dublin if you want um yeah. and then the rest went the from there so if there's anything that somebody asks you to do and you're like oh I don't know just say yes that's what's the way yes and figure it out yeah is that yeah exactly love that love that um, it's been amazing having you on here. Um, and I and I say this at the end of everyone, I, I really could have spoken for hours, but I really could have spoken <laughs> for hours. Um, and that's me being genuine, like everyone's like, oh, but you say maybe you say that at the end, but that's true. Like every single person I'm meeting at the moment is so inspiring on so many different levels. And there's so many things that all of us can learn. And I think, you know, we're never we, we've never learned enough. There's always more. Um, and I just find people's stories and people in general so intriguing and sometimes you might have heard it heard it before but you finally listen to it in a way that then penetrates into you and you start to go do you know what I get it now I totally get it now um and so I really really love that so thank you so much for being a part of the show and um how can people stay in touch with you or follow you um moving forward yeah, so they can connect with me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Scaling with Disha. They can check out my podcast, Scaling with Disha, as well. Um, and they can connect with me on Instagram at Social Treats. Awesome. Well, it's been amazing. So thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye for thank now. Thank you. Thanks. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review. Bye for now.